church, I am so pumped to get into week two of this series, and uh, man, I hope you're ready to jump into it like I am. So uh, for those of you that don't know, my name is, is Josh, uh, and I have the amazing honor of being the pastor of this uh, great church. So right now, I'm at 201. Uh, yes, I'm hanging out with the, the production team who have done just an amazing job of working all the kinks out and, and getting everything so that we can be streaming right into your living room and you can be watching on your couch and your PJs. So you are, you're, you're at church right there. You're, you're at church and here we go. Um, and, and we are, we're, we're thrilled that you are joining us from where, wherever you are. Uh, it, it is pretty amazing that we've been able to harness technology and utilize it in this way to be able to worship together, even though we are in different locations. So, man, uh, God's doing uh, some really cool things. And uh, I, I really do hope that you are engaging with us. So uh, on, when you're on the uh, couch there, that you're, you're hitting the, 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 the heart likes. The, yeah, get those going, getting the, the praise hands in the, there. Uh, in all seriousness, you don't know how good it makes me feel when we go back and look at the comments and Man, that's where, that's where I get my affirmation. I need that. Come on, give me some love. So give me some amens, give me some hallelujahs up in there. I don't know how you put that uh, accent on the hallelujah in your comments, but come on. Uh, we're, we're just, just have some fun with us and interact with us on, uh, in the comments, uh, wherever you're watching. If you're watching on Facebook or if you're watching on our, uh, through our website, or if you're watching on, uh, even on our YouTube channel, you can be w interacting with us. So, uh, so um, man, let me give you something to react to. This is, uh, you heard uh, Devin and Nevin. Uh, man, that, that sounds like a good duo right there, Devin and Nevin. Uh, they, they were uh, sharing with you guys uh, that there's this big announcement. And so here's the big announcement. Since this past week, uh, the Governor DeWine came back out and said, hey, we're going to be uh, opening up uh, May 26th. They're going to be opening up uh, the pools the public pools and the gyms, and all that's going to be uh, coming back open. So that's exciting. Uh, but here's what we're going to do. Since he's made that announcement, we're moving up our restart date. So our, yeah, come on. Get them going. Get them. So we are going to be moving that up. And was, we, we decided, hey, if a public pool is going to be open, uh, we might as well be able to meet here at the church. So at 201, uh, so May 31st is going to be our first open to the public, 9 a.m., and 11 a.m. service times right here at 201. I can't wait to see your smiling face and to give you a social distance appropriate air hug. or so, what, I don't know how we're going to do that. We're going to figure that all out, and it's going to be a great time seeing your faces. So here's where we're making a transition. As you notice, I have uh, got back to my, uh, my, my podium is here. I'm preaching. You, yeah, you <laughs> come on, somebody. We're, we're going to have fun. We're going to have fun in this message. But we, uh, so we're making a transition back into our in-person services, but we're not going to abandon this ability to stream live because we know that there are some of you that are just aren't ready, and that's okay. That is completely okay. If you're not ready to join us here in person, we are going to continue to engage online uh, through, our, um, through our technology. And so we, we actually have it set up. So now we have a couple camera views coming in. This is, when you come in here, we're, this is what it's going to look like. We got a camera view over there. We got a camera view right here. We got, we got, we're just, we're making all kinds of adjustments to make it comfortable for those that are going to uh, still continue to worship with us and engage with us at home. So a couple things that are going to be adjusted this upcoming week. We are going to discontinue our Saturday night 
service. So this Saturday uh, is our last time that we're going to broadcast live on Saturday. But next Saturday, we will not broadcast live on Saturday night. We will do two live broadcasts at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. So that's when you'll join us is on Sunday, uh, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. And then May 31st, we're going to be here, and again, we'll be broadcasting live uh, during the 11 o'clock service beginning May 31st. So that'll be a live stream with, the, uh, with a crowd in here. It's going to be fun. It is going to be so much fun. So welcome now to the second uh, message in this series that we have entitled Expect More. Now, this series is all about understanding that we can, we can, and should expect more. The Bible is full of these below average individuals who are, are living above average lives. They, they, you see all throughout scripture, you see them, these individuals who, who God does the supernatural through these people who otherwise would be super messed up. He brings out more in them than they expect and what the people around them expect. So God expected more, and they positioned themselves to live more. And that is what we're talking about here. So we're diving into the Word of God. We're discovering the more that God has for each one of us. So last week, uh, we introduced this series, and we set the foundation that if we're going to expect more, then we've got to expect change. So if we're going to expect more, we've got to expect change. Now, our theme verse has come from a portion of Scripture that we're all very familiar with in Ephesians chapter 4. So if you uh, want to, you get your Bibles out, get your uh, turn there. Of course, it'll be right there on the screen. So let's be honest, that's what you're going to do. Ephesians 4, <laughs> 11. Right now, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. And it says their responsibility, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come into such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord. So if this is not something that we stop doing. He says this is going to continue. You keep moving forward. You keep being equipped. You keep having this responsibility as the church until you meet an extreme level. And he gives us that, that level. He says, measuring up to the full and complete measure, complete standard of Christ. So once we get to where we are equivalent to Christ, we, so we're not going to get there. We've got to keep moving forward. We've got to keep allowing ourselves to be developed and keep moving uh, towards him. He says, then we will no longer be immature like children, we won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, here's where, okay, so instead of that, we, instead, we will speak the truth and love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. That, that's, there, there's a, there it is. We were wanting to be more and more like Christ. So it's the expectation that God has for us, and it's an expectation we should have for ourselves, that we become more and more, expect more, who is the head of his body, the church. So that is what this series is all about. All about. Instead of being immature, instead of being tossed 
about, around by every new teaching and every new stat, stat that comes out and every new little thing that we're not going to be moving back and forth instead of being tricked and manipulated. Instead, instead, we are speaking truth in love. Instead, we are going to be growing in every way to become more and more like Christ. So what is the, the more that we're going after? Solomon wrote in Proverbs 4, 7, 4, 7, he says, wisdom, wisdom is supreme. It's the best thing. It's the, it's the top of the line. So therefore, get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. There are, there are some things that are, are worth the price. That when, you, when you get those things, what you paid what you paid doesn't even matter. It's, it doesn't even, it's meaningless because of what you received, and it, so therefore the cost doesn't matter. This is why I'm excited to share this message, like, with you. This is the type of message that I can't wait to put into your hands and for you to put into application. Because we, when we go after wi wisdom, we become, we become better spouses, we become better parents, we become better employees, we become better bosses, we just be become better people. And we get better in every area of our lives. And I know that's what we all want. We want more in every area of our life. So, so how do we get this wisdom? So can, can I, can I, is it possible for me to, to run over to Walmart? Yeah, yeah, they're still open. They're packed out and open. But so what aisle do I go and buy wisdom in? Where, where, where do I get this? Well, Solomon points us in the direction of where we can find wisdom. In Proverbs 10.8, he says this, the wise are glad the wise are glad to be instructed. The wise are glad to be instructed, but the babbling fools fall flat on their faces. I, I love the way Solomon writes some of these proverbs. They're, they're quite hilarious. So the, the, those that are wise are glad to be instructed, but the fools those ba are babbling fools that fall flat on their faces. Now th this changes for, for a lot of us, that, that view of what this wise is, this wise man. When I, when I think of a wise person or a wise man, Immediately I go to uh, a, a white-haired man, you know, like Gandalf, or, you know, or uh, maybe I, uh, Einstein, you know, which means I'm in deep trouble, because I'm clearly I'm never going to have any white hair. Uh, so, but, but this gives, but Solomon says, hey, that's not what a wise man is. A wise person is the one that's willing to be instructed and is glad to be instructed. The wise are willing to be taught. There it is. If you, want, if you want to give this message a title, well, let's, let's give it a title. A title. To expect more, you've got to learn more. To expect more, you've got to learn more. We, to be more, we must learn more. Solomon contrasts this learner to a fool, the babbler that falls on their faces. Well, we all know some babblers. Yeah, the, there's a couple of them. I'll give some names to them. The, the babbler, we, the know-it-all. The know-it-all is that, that babbler, constantly babbling about all he knows, e even if they really don't know it. They, they never shut up long enough to be corrected, so they just keep babbling on. This is the guy that hears the first four words out of, of, of a sentence and immediately jumps in with giving their rebuttal. Of course, I know none of you have ever done this. The guys in this room, they, are, they would never, ever be the know-it-all. Uh, and jumping into a conversation too quickly. Um, but, yeah, I did this past week. Um, Jolene, my, my wife, 
made a comment to me. And it must have had a trigger word in it for me because I immediately I responded and, and started going at her with all these facts and articles I read. And I think I even threw a, a Bible verse into it. And I was like, you know, getting into it about five minutes. And she just, she just looked at me. And then after I finally ran out of breath, <laughs> she goes, she says to me, um, thanks, but that's not really what, what I was talking about. <laughs> Yeah, we, we get into those, uh, those <laughs> moments where we just, we, we know it all. At Proverbs 28, verse 26 says, Those who trust in their own insight are foolish, but anyone who walks in wisdom is safe. So, so there's the, the know-it-all. There's another uh, babbler that we all have met, and that's the opinionator. Yeah, the one who always has an opinion. This is the babbler that gives you their opinion even when you don't ask for it or don't even want it. They could, they could be in a different conversation. You've had this happen to you. You're at a table, and you're having a conversation with someone that you want to have a conversation with, and someone from another table inserts their opinion in a conversation you did not invite them into. The opinionator. Proverbs 18.2 says, Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. There's, there's one more. Uh, well, there's kind of two combined. It's the been there, done that babbler or the, the one-upper. They kind of like overlap each other. This is the person that no matter what you have done, they've already done it. It doesn't matter what you do. This is, this is more than just relating to you and having common ground. They, they, they're not trying to connect with you. They're just trying to one-up you. This person turns your greatest accomplishment into something that is mundane. For, for my 30th birthday, my wife gave me the gift of jumping out of a perfectly good plane. In hindsight, I, I wonder what she was trying to communicate to me with that gift, but, <laughs> but, but it was an amazing experience, and I, I treasured the, the moment of jumping out of that plane with, with one of my best friends, and, and that, all of that was exciting, but a while back, I, I got on a plane, I sat down, uh, and uh, I sat down, I had an aisle seat, everything was going good, and of course, the last guy to get on the plane was sitting in the middle seat right beside me. And so he sits down, and we begin the conversation, and I, I'm somehow, some way, the conversation of skydiving entered into it, and I kind of began to share, you know, my experience, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I've done that too, a few times, but he's, he, he does this. After a few times, it just gets kind of boring. Uh, I wanted to smack him. Instead, I just put my headphones on and didn't talk to him the rest of the trip. But, <laughs> so, but we, have, we have these babblers. And, and so Proverbs 12, 15 says, Fools think their own way is right, but the wise, but the wise listen to others. That's that, there it is. The wise listen. The only way to be a learner is to be a listener. Proverbs 10, 8 says, The wise are glad to be instructed. The gla they're glad to be instructed, but the fool, the babbling fools, fall flat on their faces. It's n it never feels good when we get advice. But if, we, will ex if we, we are to expect more, then we need to learn to learn more. So, so let me, let, let me go jump in here with uh, going back to Proverbs. And Proverbs is fill, full of all these uh, wisdom Proverbs. And he says, and this is what he says in verse 5 of uh, chapter 1. He says, let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become wiser. Let those who with understanding receive guidance. 
Solomon, the writer of these Proverbs of Wisdom, gives us all, all these, but how does, how does he write these? How does he have all this wisdom? And it's all about context, context, context. So when, when Solomon is, is placed in the position of the king of Israel, it says in 1 Kings chapter 3 that he went and put, uh, put before God this great sacrifice, and God responds to him by coming to him in a dream that night, and he says to Solomon, what do you want? Ask, and I will give it to you. Solomon is given a blank check from God. And this is how Solomon responds. He says, O oh Lord my God, you have made me, the, me king instead of my father, David, but I am like a little child who doesn't know his way around. There's a self-confession of I need to learn. And in verse 9, this is where he cashes in on God's offer. And he says, Give, me, give to your servant a listening heart. Give to your servant a listening heart to judge your people, to discern between good and bad. See, there, there's three aspects to a listening heart. The first one is that a listening heart is humble. A listening heart is humble. There's not much difference between humility and humiliation. Humility, we choose. Humiliation is chosen for us. See, humility is not easy, especially when we are in a position of leadership, and you're in a position of leadership if you're a mom, a dad, in, in your workplace. You, you, we, we don't like to be wrong, and we don't even like to, that there's the option that we could be wrong. Proverbs eleven two says, pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. So listening heart is humble, and a listening heart is hungry. It has, it has a desire to grow. Listening to grow is different than listening for a rebuttal. How can, I, how can I take this criticism that is coming into my life and allow it to fuel my growth? How do, how do I make it, uh, allow it to make me hungry? Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Now this process of being sharpened means that it includes heat, includes friction, it's pressure, and it's not a pleasant process. And growth isn't always a pleasant process, but it's worth it. Is it possible that the friction that is in your life right now is God's way of trying to help you grow? So we, we have a listening heart. A listening heart is humble, a listening heart is hungry, and a listening heart will have hustle. That, yeah, that's, uh, that it will embrace correction. This is one of those things that I, I love to see in, in, in kids on the, on, the, on the sporting events is that, you know, you can mess up, but if a kid will mess up and then learn from it and hustle and try to go after with everything, that is a heart that will embrace the correction. A listening heart allows us to take the correction, no matter how it's received, and embrace it. Some, someone needs to hear this. Correction does not mean rejection. Because you're being corrected does not mean that you're being rejected. Now the enemy's going to come to try, come in and he's going to try to tell you that when you face correction, that it is rejection or it is condemnation. But the, the Hebrews chapter 12, the writer of the Hebrews, I love the way the message uh, uh, phrases this. He says, my, my dear children, don't shrug, shrug off God's discipline, but don't be crushed by it either. 
It's the child he loves that he disciplines. It is the child he embraces he also corrects. Solomon wraps it up this way. He says in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 1, he says, to learn, you must love discipline. It is stupid to hate correction. <laughs> it is stupid to hate correction. I, I, I want to grow more and more, and it's worth the price. A listening heart is a humble heart. It is a hungry heart. It, it has a desire to grow, and it is a heart that is willing to hustle, to embrace the correction. Going back to Proverbs 13, verse, uh, chapter 13, verse 13 and 14, it says, People who despise advice are asking for trouble. Those who respect a command will succeed. The instruction of the wise is like life-giving fountain. Those who accept it avoid the snares of death. So a teachable life. Let, let's, let's make this practical. James chapter 1, verse 5 says, If you need wisdom... Ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. In John chapter 8, Jesus is having a conversation, and it says that he's talking to those who are believing in him. And, and the conversation is going on, and it must be with a group that are believing with him, but there's also a group of babblers in, the group, in here. Watch how it goes down. In John chapter 8, verse 31, it says, So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, If you continue in my word... Then you are true, truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? It's a group of know-it-alls who really don't know anything because they have lived a entire, their entire history is full of them being slaves. And Jesus is trying to teach them. He wants them to grow. He wants them to be free. He wants more for them. He's trying to teach them who he is and who his father is. And it's just a back and forth. There is, they don't have a listening heart. They have an arguing heart. And finally, Jesus says to them in verse 47, he says, If you really knew God, you would listen, receive, and respond with, uh, with faith to his words. But since you don't listen and respond to what he says, it proves you don't belong to him and you have no room in your hearts. Jesus says, if, if, all you, if, if all that God wants for you, if you want to experience him, if you want the more that he has for you, there's three things that you need to do. You need to listen, you need to receive, and you need to respond. So a, a few years ago, just, just a few years ago, no, no, no laughing at that point, okay? That there, I was a, a, a wide receiver for the New Philadelphia Quakers. Yeah, come on. <laughs> no, it, <laughs> so, so listen, if it's, it's, it all depends on how you defined a, a few years ago. A few, okay, let's, a few decades ago, I was in high school. <laughs> and these things really do relate with what, with what I, I needed to do if I wanted to be a successful receiver. And we're not going to get into debates how successful I was, okay? Or how successful our, our team was, because we weren't. Let's, let's focus on the principle here. Would it be better if I change it to something more, you know, oh, let's, let's change it to a professional team. If, if a Browns receiver wants to, never mind, I need a successful, uh, successful uh, example. Okay, OH. 
Come on. Okay, so if a Buckeye receiver wants to be successful, there's three things that he has to understand in a game. And the first thing that if a receiver wants to receive more, he needs to what? Listen. <laughs> he, needs to, he needs to listen. Uh, listen. Before you can get the pass and get more, you have to listen to the call. And that's why you, those of you, maybe you don't under, you know, you've seen football, but you don't understand football. There's a huddle in the field, and it's the quarterback telling the team the play. And he's given each player instructions. And one of the instructions he's telling to the receiver is what he's going to be doing in this play. And if the receiver is going to catch a pass, he needs to listen to the call. He needs to be able to hear the call, and he needs to be able to understand where he's going. In Romans 10, 17, says, So faith comes from hearing, and hearing from the word of Christ. So the question is, are, are we listening to God? Are we carving out time to hear from him? Too many times, we line up ready for the play, and we're just waving at our quarterback, saying, throw me the ball, I need more, I want more, I want more, I'm open, and the quarterback is going, you've got to listen to the play, and you've got to run the route. So before we can go uh, receive more, we've got to be able to listen to be learners. Once we hear the call, we can then receive. To, to receive, though, you have to have open hands. See, open hands are empty hands. We can't be holding on to other things and catch the more God is throwing our way. It doesn't matter how open you are. It doesn't matter how well you ran the route. If you're holding on to something else, you're not able to receive the more God has for you. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus is at this point where he's been crucified. He's resurrected from the grave. He spent 40 days with his disciples, and he's getting them prepared for what he's about to do. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says to them, but you will receive power. You will receive it when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has, taken from you, was ta has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Jesus tells them, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to give you more. You need to be ready to receive it. But after he ascends into the heaven, the disciples are standing there looking up into the sky, and the angels have to come to them and say, what are you guys standing here doing, holding on to the past when God has more for you in the future? Jesus wants to give us more, but we're too busy holding on to our past. If we want what God has for us, we want the more that he has for us, we need to let go and have open hands. So the question is, are we receiving what God is saying? You want more? You want to expect more in your life? Are we receiving what he is saying to us? And the third thing that Jesus tells, uh, tells us uh, in, uh, here is that we, are, we need to be able to listen, we need to receive, and then we need to respond. We need to respond. 
there, there's a stat in, in football called yak. Yak. And it's not what you moms think happens with your little toddlers. We're talking about yak. Y-A-C. Yards after catch. See, it's not enough just to catch. You've got to catch and run. You've got to catch and run. James 1.22 says, but be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. So, so here's my last question. Are we doing what God has told us to do? We've been called. Are we listening? Are we ready to receive with open hands? And will we respond and do what he's called us to do? We do that today, right now. God, God is calling us for more. Will you listen? God is calling and he's sending us more, but are we willing to open our hands and receive? And will you respond and go and run after the catch? Jesus is giving this opportunity right now because what he did for us on the cross. You can turn to him because he died on the cross so that your sins, your mistakes, your failures could be washed away. He resurrected so that we could receive his Holy Spirit and live in the more. Will you pray with me? Lord God, we come to you right now and we thank you. We thank you for what you have done. We thank you that you are calling us and today we respond. We listen to your calling. We hear what you have for us and we receive your spirit. We receive the free gift of salvation and Lord, we are turning after you and going in the direction you've called us to go. We are responding. So Lord Jesus, there's those right now that are making a decision to follow after you and they're giving their lives to you the first time. For those of you that are doing that, I wanna pray this prayer, a prayer of commitment. It's a prayer of saying, God, I'm repenting of trying to do things my own way and holding on to the things that I want, but Lord, I'm turning to you. It's a prayer that, we, that you begin today and maybe for some of you, this is a moment for you to, to get back on track and to say, yes, I, I am listening and I will receive and I will respond. So Lord Jesus, we pray this prayer now. You can repeat these words, you can say them just the way I say them or you can say them in your own words, but let's do this right now. Lord Jesus, we turn to you because of your death, your burial, and your resurrection. Lord, we give you our lives and we make you the king of our life. And you are our savior. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.